2: Before we begin, a reminder to please rate and review our show. It helps new listeners discover us and grow the program. With the World Cup rapidly approaching, we check in on some of the U.S. MNT players and how they've looked so far for various clubs, from the Americans who have made Leeds United a lot of fun to watch in the course of getting a lot of run, to one big-name American who's been marginalized with Chelsea. Chelsea. And to do it all, we bring in one of our absolute favorites, Luis Miguel Etchegarai from the K. Golasso podcast and CBS Sports. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. Luis,
3: welcome back to Sports Illustrated Weekly. It's always good to come back to my alma mater,
2: my man. How are you? I love to see your smiling face. I love to talk (laughs) soccer with you. You're one of our favorite guests on this program. We thought we would discuss with you how some Americans are performing for their clubs ahead of the World Cup. And I think what better place to start than with Leeds United. We've all seen the memes, Major Leeds Soccer, Leeds United (laughs) States of America, Jesse March jumping up and down in skin-tight jeans, the American head coach on the sideline. (laughs) But uh, Brendan Aronson, the Medford Messi, they call him, shots to New Jersey, and Tyler Adams. What have you seen from those two guys ahead of the World Cup? Well, Leeds United is is just
3: a great story all over, right? It started with Marcelo Bielsa, the famous Argentinian manager who comes to this working-class town and kind of revolutionized Leeds United, a team that used to be a giant was in the championship for a long time and then it came back to the Premier League and then Bielsa leaves and then that energy, that euphoria that the Leeds United fan base had for so long goes away. And Leeds are very nervous about what's going to happen next. And in comes the wonderful Jesse Marsha. I know him personally. I've interviewed him. I've talked to him both professionally and as a friend. And I can tell you that he is everything that you see. He's just a great human being who loves the sport, loves the unity of the sport, loves to create a a family within every club that he manages. He is extremely experienced. You know, when he arrived to Salzburg, the first thing he did was he wanted to learn the language straight away. So like, there's all these stories about how great he is. and, And it doesn't surprise me that he's doing well with Leeds United because it's a club that just wants heart. They just want passion. They just want, you know, they're kind of like your Eagles. They just, they're a working class town that just want, I don't care if you lose, just lose like with everything that you have inside of you. And that's Jesse Marsh. And again, it's no surprise to me that the Leeds United States of America decides to recruit Tyler Adams, probably the smartest USMNT member.
4: And he's got support from Adams. It's in. Tyler Adams with it. Flexion.
3: And Brendan Aaronson, I call him Three Lungs because he just doesn't stop running. And that and whole and
2: team doesn't stop running.
3: Yeah, they don't. And Brendan Aaronson is is the pivotal example of that. Aaronson going and getting it. Oh,
4: power from Mendy and the American punishes Chelsea. The pressure
3: literally paying off for Leeds United. And I've interviewed both of them as well. And. It's no surprise to me that it's all clicking in more ways than than one. And and the number one thing is identity. You know who they are. And it's a great thing to see for both Jesse Marsh and and Aronson and Tyler
2: Adams. I love when you talk about identity and what teams are. And apologies, because I know you talked about the reverse with your beloved Aston Villa. But it certainly is working out with the A-team, Aronson and Adams in Leeds. But then you look at another American as we approach the World Cup. Kristen Pulisic, not going great for him in Chelsea. He's played just 101 minutes through the first five matches as we record this. He hasn't started a game this season. There were rumors, LME, that they might loan him out. You know, Man U was mentioned, Newcastle, clubs in Italy, and Spain, everybody, you know, oh, maybe he'll go somewhere and get some minutes ahead of the World Cup. He certainly could have used the playing time elsewhere. Did you want to see him go somewhere before the World Cup?
3: Well, you know, if I was a US Seventy fan, and obviously I have a lot of love and and support for this country of yours, I I live here and my wife's American, so, so I pay a lot of attention. So obviously I want to see these talented players do well. Christian Pulisic, unfortunately, is not going through a good time from a football perspective and, you know, as we speak, actually... <laughs> it, there's a hashtag on Twitter called Free FreePolicic. Like, that's just, how, <laughs> of course, there that's is. That's just,
2: that's just how. <laughs> his, his family set. probably started it.
3: Yeah. It, including, of course, his father, who's been yeah. very public about Thomas Tujo and Chelsea. Look, listen, here's the thing. This is not new that Policic is not necessarily plan A for Thomas Tujo and Chelsea. It's been known for a while. Part of it is just the system itself. Thomas Tuchel likes to be a little bit more fluid from a wingback situation and then making everything in possession more central. That's why it didn't really work with Lukaku. He wants more of a fluid, so to speak, center forward like Kai Havertz and then Mason Mount behind him. They brought in Raheem Sterling. So now Pulisic is now kind of lost, and he's wanted to go for a while for a few reasons. He wants minutes. Obviously, the World Cup is coming up. He wants to play. It doesn't matter where he is. He wants to play. And the added problem to this is that now that Chelsea have a new owner and Todd Bowley, Todd Bowley, an American, doesn't want to loan out Christian Pulisic and doesn't want to loan out Christian Pulisic specifically to a Premier League club, to a rival. Like Manchester United were interested, Newcastle were interested, and Bowley was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm Xing this. And per multiple reports, including some of our own with Parizzo Romano and my friend Paul Tenorio from The Athletic, Pulisic was not happy about this and he feels like he's just been impeded to do what he wants to do, which is just play. And, and it's a shame because, you know, Chelsea in many ways is the perfect place for him. But at this moment, it's not the case and he's not getting minutes. And that's a worrying thing when you are talking about Christian Pulisic and a World Cup year.
2: Yeah, it is a worrying thing. I meant to ask you about that. What you think, what kind of form do you think we'll see from Pulisic when we get to the World Cup? Because obviously, as you mentioned, Tugel doesn't look like he's inclined to play him anytime sooner, at least not any any meaningful minutes. No, I'm going to be very honest. If this continues all the way
3: to the World Cup, why would Greg Berhalter start him? Why yeah. would he risk that? Especially when you have Brendan Aronson. We're going to talk about some striker opportunities for the USMNT. If Timothy Weah maybe gets a few more minutes as well, because he's also dealing with a few minutes percentile when it comes to playing for his club and stuff. So... You know, Depending on how this form goes, Greg Berhalter has to be worried about, do I even start Pulisic? Which is kind of an insane thing to think about yeah. after the last few years. He's been the leading man for this American team. But this is not the Gold Cup, John. This is not a friendly. <laughs> this is the World Cup. And yeah. at the end of the day, you need a player that's confident, that's had minutes, that's ready to go. And at this moment, none of those boxes take on Christian
1: Pulisic.
4: Terms and conditions
2: apply. Yeah, you have to pick the best team regardless of the name on the back of the jersey. Uh, you mentioned some of the striker options that Berhalter might have to choose through. So the center forward spot, I'm wondering whether you think that's in question because he started five different number nines during CONCACAF. They combined for just four goals and 14 qualifiers. Ricardo Pepe had three of those, LMA, in two games last fall. Since then, has not scored for club or country as we record this. Some names to rattle off for you. Ferreira, Vasquez, Sargent, Wright. What should Burhalter do up front? What do you think he'll do? Well, that's always
3: been his conundrum, I think. And that's always been the USMNT's conundrum. But, I, you know, I have my own thoughts about it. I feel like he could use it to an advantage when you think about eric ten haag manchester united manager and total football of the netherlands they almost don't even need a striker it's very fluid and you know attackers up front can move around so i feel like there can be a combination of that with the usmnt when you ask me specifically about our number nine i mean listen like like you said there's a few names ricardo pepi yeah it hasn't gone well now he's on loan to Groningen. he's no longer in the bundesliga so obviously that's going to be either a regression or maybe something for him to wake up on I'm still a fan of Josh Sargent. I think he's probably the most natural number nine, to be honest, the USMNT has. But again, consistency has been an issue for him. He knows he's in the championship with Norwich, so he has to figure that out. But to me, you know, maybe now you're focusing about three people, two of them in MLS. Brandon Vazquez, to me, I mean, why not, right? 16 goals in 27 MLS matches.
1: Marita into the box, headed number! Up-
3: Jesus Ferreira, 15 goals in 27 MLS matches.
4: Here's Ferreira. A chance for a hat-trick, and he does it! A 1st half hat-trick for
1: Jesus Ferreira!
3: And Pifok, Sibuchu, 14 goals uh, in 2022. Those would be my three choices. I don't think that it should matter that, you know, you're thinking, oh, is MLS going to be perhaps too much of an early kind of... uh, Judgment call for Greg Volta when you're trying to put him in the most uh, prestigious soccer competition out there But there is talent and there is some hunger The good news is that he has choices. The bad news is that none of them are consistent So he has to figure out who it is to be honest with you at this very moment No matter what league you're playing there is nothing like confidence. There is nothing like confidence. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're playing the Premier League or MLS. If you're confident and you're scoring goals left, right, and center, you go with the hot hand. And to me, at this point, it would be Brandon Vazquez.
2: I can't believe that you would say that the USMNT is looking at a bunch of inconsistent players. Uh, <laughs> shocker, <laughs> twas ever thus. All right, so we go from MLS potential strikers to Prem, defenders, Fulham. You've got Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson. They've gotten a ton of minutes so far this season. How have they looked? Well, I've been impressed with Fulham, actually. It didn't start
3: well, of course, and it's never going to be easy when you're a newly promoted side Mm -hmm. returning to the Premier League. But Fulham right now are eighth. I've always been a fan of those two players, specifically Anthony Robinson. I think he has a lot to offer. You know, Tim Ream's. I I worry a little bit just because... uh, Airily he's fine, but positional-based, I, I worry a little bit. You need to be quick-footed in this group in the World Cup for the USMNT. I don't know if, if he's the answer, but the solution right now is the fact that, you know, there are a few players as well that are struggling to either find minutes or even a club. Like, you know, John Brooks, his move to Mallorca was broken down, so that's an issue. So as long as you play competitively as a defender, and in this case you are a Fulham in the Premier League, then that's going to be Nothing but a helpful thing for you, and as long as Fulham continue to compete and doing well in the Premier League, there's no reason to think that Holter should either a ignore them or b not start them. So it's good for them for sure. Yeah. But it all depends as well. We have to also think about the type of opponent that the USMNT have in the World Cup and what kind of striker you're dealing with. And one of them, of course, is England. So tend to be pretty good. <laughs> exactly, and one of them is Harry Kane.
1: There's an opportunity here. Kane, what is he just? Oh!
3: So is it better suited to be a defender that's playing the Premier League, that knows the hurricane types? Of course, that's one thing. Then Wales and Gareth Bale, of course, you know, playing in MLS. So there's a lot to think about there. But as far as Tim Riem and Anthony Robinson are concerned, it's good that Fulham are doing well and
2: it's good that they're doing well in such a good league like the Premier League. They're getting minutes. Getting confidence; those are important things, as we've mentioned. On the flip side, you've got Chris Richards of Palace; he's buried on the bench. You've got Matt Turner, who's buried behind Ramsdale at Arsenal. What do you? I mean, I mean- you
3: said it right. Yeah. They're not starting, and that's always going to be an issue. I remember talking to um, Juan Carlos Osorio, the former manager of Mexico, in respect to Mexican players, and you know, I would ask him like, "What? What do you prefer? Do you prefer a Mexican player that's playing constant minutes in Liga MX, or do you prefer a player?" That's in Europe, but it's not giving him that many minutes, but he's in Europe and he's in a good club and a good league in Europe, but on the bench. What, what do you prefer? And his answer has always stuck with me. And he said, listen, there obviously, like there's nothing like momentum and consistency in playing minutes, but people forget that it's not just about sitting on the bench. It's also about the environment that you put yourself in. You know, when I asked him this question, we were thinking specifically about somebody like Chucky Lozano that had just arrived to Napoli. He wasn't starting at the time, but he was in Napoli. And he was playing alongside the likes of Lorenzo Insignia and Dries Mertens. So he was surrounding himself with high-level competition. So does that help you as an American? So Matt Turner is not starting, obviously, but he is placing himself in the club that's the best in the Premier League right now. Like, does that help you at least with some kind of level of confidence? Because it's not like, uh, you know, Zach Steffen is in a lower league at this point. So that's a different situation. So it's that sort of decision that uh, Greg Berhalter has to do. He has to think to himself, who is arriving confident, who is arriving competitive, and who is getting minutes? Of course, a little bit of a contradiction when you think about Polistic, because he's a kind of player that needs to play at yeah. a very high level. But I think Greg Berhalter has created a family, a united group, tight-knitted
2: enough, close enough to really elevate themselves when they arrive in Qatar. As we mentioned, some friendlies coming up at the end of September, so we'll see what he does there. Last one for you. Uh, We're recording this on deadline day. I decided to pick the busiest day of your schedule to ask you to come on the program. You
3: and my wife are giving me a
2: nightmare, man. Like I don't know what you're doing to me. (laughs) Um, That's why you're the best, because you said yes anyway. Uh, (laughs) Sergino Dest loaned out to Milan. Do you like that?
3: Yeah, that's great fantastic move, fantastic move. Serginio des needed minutes. Xavi wasn't a fan of his at Barcelona. I'm not surprised. But now he can go to an AC Milan side where he can compete for that wingback position, but at the same time, he's going to the defending champions of Serie A. And they are a very attractive side when they push up with the ball. And this is going to be nothing but great for him as a young player and as somebody that can elevate his game in a league that's, You know, now that he's played in the Eredivisie and La Liga, I feel like Serie A is somewhere in the middle, where it's much more technical than Eredivisie, but perhaps not as fast as some clubs in La Liga. But with AC Milan, the best team in in Serie A, he now has a chance to really learn from the best and really test himself. And I'm hoping that he gets as many minutes as he can. It's a good move. I'm happy for him. I think it'll work out. By the way, he's a very young player. He's already lived in... Amsterdam, uh, Barcelona, and now Milan. Not bad for a young kid. Not
2: bad. Not bad. You and I could do so well. Uh, he learns from the best. We just learned from the best with you. Catch him on CBS HQ. I just saw him venting about his beloved Aston Villa. Listen to him on the Kate Golosso podcast. Seriously, check out Kate Lasso. It is excellent. I listen to every episode. If you like football, you will love the show. He's got our captain's armband as far as I'm concerned. LME, my friend. Thank you for this. Thank you, brother. I'm
3: going to Venmo you now after that nice word that you just <laughs> said.
2: Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jordan Rizzieri, Jessica Yarmoski, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Dan Bloom and Harry Swartout. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. Yo, your vacation was outrageous. (laughs) I I was, and I just came back from Greece. It was amazing. Now Greece is good times though. It is. We had a great time. We went with like 25 Greeks. (laughs) I love it.
4: At bed three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.